I'm Mitchell Kaminsky. I'm Patrick Cushman. And you're listening to Penske Material. You are aware that uh, Penske is interested in me. It's showtime. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Ooh, let's go racing today, boys. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. I swear to God, we look like the biggest bunch of wankers every week. Nice to be a ninja marching. He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. Kyle Bush is an ass. <laughs> you're not Penske Material. Welcome back, race fans, to episode two of Penske Material. I'm Mitchell Kaminsky, and uh, of course, joining us, Patrick Cushman. Uh, we're not Penske Material, but uh, you know, it's funny. The Penske driver uh, was uh, kind of grabbing all the headlines this week. It was all about Ryan Blaney. Was he going to get in the playoffs? Was he not? Came down to the final race in Daytona, in which Austin Dillon backdoored his way in uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit of playoff predictions coming up uh the playoff format good playoff format or not all that and more coming up so pat we'll start with you uh what were your first impressions from this race in daytona because it really was a wild one i think it was one of the most anticipated races of the year and for a while there, pretty entertaining race especially when they saw the rain coming i saw a lot of good racing and then obviously the debacle happened with the big rack and kind of put a damper on things yeah, and I think uh, this kind of racing, I'm not a big fan of it, to be completely honest with you. I think it's just a wreck fest, and while it might be entertaining, that's not, I think, the direction that we need to put our sport into. I think a lot of the fans think that as well. As far as the race went, Ryan Blaney fans were on their edge of their seat the entire time, especially during that rain delay. A lot of people, including myself, thought they were going to call the race during that rain delay. I There was weather in the forecast the entire rest of the day. I thought they were going to lose it. I thought that was the race. Ryan Blaine was going to miss the playoffs at that point. Luckily, because of that big wreck, so many drivers went out that he just had to putter around that racetrack at 100 and so miles an hour. Or how, I mean, yeah. it was so slow. I was surprised that he even made minimum speed. When he hit that wall that early, I thought it was done. Um, the entire front side was just torn apart. Um, same thing with Brad Keselowski. He had a very fast car. wasn't able to show it off at all. Um, that's just the product of Daytona. And I think this begs the question, is this the way that we want the sport to go? Do we want six six, six uh, dates on the schedule that are racing like this? And if it's going to be the case, I think drivers need to drive more conservatively. They can't push so hard. I mean, they're pushing so hard. I understand the rate coming. I understand, you know, they're fighting for a playoff spot. But they're wrecking cars at lap 13. And there's 400 miles in this race, and they're wrecking them at lap 20. Yeah. So I think something's got to change, and I think it starts with the driver's mentality. Justin Marks made a tweet, and he said that owners had lost $4 million just in damages to the car. And that just is they want to make the cars cheaper to make and make it cheaper to drive. Um, that's just not a formula yeah. for success if they want to do that. You, you know it's a problem when BJ McLeod is finishing in the top 10 and, and Cody Ware and like, you, you mean, you look... Did you see that bet? Yeah. Bet the guy won, he won like a million dollars off Cody Ware, BJ McLeod, Landon Castle, all finishing in the top 10. That was crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's what you get with Daytona. And I mean, I think there's a time and place in the schedule for these wild card type races. But I agree with you. I mean, especially near the end, you're looking at it and like guys that had a legitimate shot to win that race. Really, in my mind, there's like three guys that had like th that you thought, OK, maybe they have a chance. It was Austin Dillon. Uh, it was Tyler Reddick, who you knew probably wasn't going to go for the win. He wanted to help his teammate out. And then it was Austin Sindrick. And once Sindrick got pushed out of the way, you kind of knew like 
this race is over. I. You're looking at, and there's ten viable cars left. Not ten viable cars yeah. left. And you look at, okay, so Dylan had the help of the eight and the help of uh, Noah Gragson, who was in the 62, right? And then there was the... Uh, the only Fords left was David Reagan and Rick and uh, Cody Ware, the two RWR cars. And they weren't getting and up for here. Like, okay, there's some Fords that Singer can help, and it's like, oh yeah, Cody Ware's gonna push him to the winch. So once Singer got moved out of the way, it was we can talk about. I even though I'm a Singer, a number two fan, I thought it was a clean move to be honest. Yeah, um, I mean, but, yeah, it was just kind of a crapshoot at the end, and I, I really didn't enjoy the finish. No, I mean, the delay didn't help. Now, listen, I think NASCAR received a lot of criticism. I don't know if you saw the video on Twitter where the guy's like, it's raining, it's raining, like, it, like right before they called it. I think, Are like... they going to have someone stand 50 right. feet away? Exactly. When, when they're showing the in-car cameras right before that rack, you couldn't see any rain on the windshield. And I think, especially Daytona is, like, one of those tracks you go around, like, turn two, there's no rain, and then, like, turn four, all of a sudden you can feel a drop. So, like, I think they, they wanted to get as many laps in. So I don't blame them for that. And I also give them a lot of credit for, like, trying to finish that race because there's so much on the line. Um, begs the question, though, you think if Bubba Wallace was in first when that rain delay came out or something like that, do you think they, they, think they pick it back up, conspiracy theory? And I think that's why they. I think that's why they had to pick it back up because they didn't want anyone to be like, "Well, they're screwing over Blaney." Like you know, I think it just would have opened a can of worms. So NASCAR was smart to one start it in the morning, and two, I think, wait it out and get it in. And uh, I mean, good for Dylan, I guess, for for closing it out. But I agree with you. We'll go to that move because there was really two moves I think that propelled them to that victory. Number one was moving Cindric out of the way, which actually I don't think it was egregious. It wasn't like a short track like bump and run because when you're going 200 miles an hour at Daytona, it's like dangerous. You're not gonna like put a guy into the wall. I think intentionally like that uh, for the playoffs. I think you know. I think it was a pretty clean move considering the circumstances so i yeah Cindric said he said you know i don't blame the guy i mean you're racing for the playoffs right i would probably race the same way and you know the director of competition for penske says you know they had three chevys behind them austin was probably gonna you know get shuffled out anyway so yeah i mean they're racing for playoffs guys understand it um it, it wasn't too egregious like you said he didn't just slam them into the wall um he, I'm surprised actually Cindric even kept that on the track. Yeah, that was a good save, yeah. But yeah, I thought it was, you know, that's how racing is nowadays. They're racing for playoffs, they're racing for wins. That's how it is. Um, you know, that's actually a good segue to this. And because I think the second thing that really helped him win this race, uh, Tyler Reddick, I think, deserves teammate of the year for helping propel him to that win. Because he moves from 30, he makes a move into second. And he essentially said, like, look, I'm not going to try and make a move past you. He helped basically block. Anyone that was going to try and make a run at Cindric was going to have to wreck the eight car to do it. So he's pushing them, and he was blocking for them. And I think Tyler Reddick, you know, made a business decision, obviously, to leave Richard Childress racing. And I don't blame him, one, because Richard Childress offered him a con. Like, well, he wanted a contract to stay. And Richard Childress was like, well, no, you have to win a race first. So he's got other offers. He wants to take his business elsewhere. So I don't blame him, one, for leaving. Two, I think, considering the awkward circumstances, he's handled himself really well. Two races later, he goes out and wins Indy, so he's still trying hard for him. And then he goes out and helps his teammate out here. So I think he's handled himself with class. I think Richard Childress is kind of being an ass the way he's handling it. I get he's disappointed, but that happens in business. It's not like he's never made business decisions before. And then, you know, to Austin Dillon's credit, 
he had a good post-race comment about that where he's like, look, like I called him after he made his decision and, you know, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't because of me. Because he understands, like, Dylan's, Dylan's no idiot. Like, he realizes with his granddad as the guy running it, there's some, like, nepotism involved. So he wanted to make sure, like, hey, it's not because of that. And, you know, he was like, yeah, I appreciated him for helping me out there. Well, Richard Childress won't even, he wouldn't even acknowledge him after the fact when he was asked about it. So I think he's been a total ass, but I give Reddick a lot of credit for how he's handled this whole situation. Yeah, he's, he's winning races and he's being a total professional about it. And he's done that before when he was driving for Junior Motorsports. Uh, he saw the riding on the wall. He wasn't going to get a promotion to Hendrick. Um, so they announced that he was moving over to RCR in their Xfinity program. Um, and instead of giving up and kind of calling it a lame duck year, they went out and won an Xfinity Series championship. So he's been in the spot before where he's a lame duck um, and he didn't give up in the past, and he's not giving up now. And Richard Childress, personally, he has kind of—he's one of these old school guys whose loyalty, you know, means everything and sort of thing. And that's just not how it is anymore. And to be honest, I think uh, driving for twenty three eleven is a better opportunity than driving for RCR. Yeah, personally. Um, now, obviously, there's the rumors with them selling a colleague and Kyle Busch buying in, but. From speaking from what we know now, I think it's a better opportunity, and you can't blame the guy for that. Um, and it's not like Richard Childress has treated all his drivers great either. He took on Daniel Hemrick as a rookie, basically knowing that Tyler Reddick would come up the next year anyway, and just replaced him after his rookie year. Now, did he drive great? Not necessarily, but I mean, he, they, I think they knew well in advance that Daniel Hemrick wasn't going to stick around. So it's not. Like, Richard Childress is this awesome guy who sticks by his drivers unless it's his grandson. So I think he's been he's been an ass in the past with Kyle Busch. I think he punched Kyle Busch at one point. But it would not surprise me. But still, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me, yeah. So I think Tyler Reddick's handling it great. And by him keeping this positive attitude and him going out and trying to win races and helping his teammate, he's making himself look like the good guy and make Richard Childress, who's refusing to talk to him, look like an ass. Yeah, it, it's tough because I really want to root for um, Tyler Reddick. And actually, I think if they were smart, like, look, yeah, I think you have to realize, like, Dylan kind of backdoored his way into the playoffs. And so if you're if they're if you're Richard Childress race, like, I think you're putting all your resources into that eight car because that's a legitimate contender. I could see them making a run because Reddick's fast basically every track. You know, you got the Roval. He's really good at road course. He's going to be good at it if they make it that far. You know. I think that's a team that could make it to the round of eight, and if they survive that and build up a couple playoff points in these early rounds, like that's a that's a guy that's talented enough, I think, that could make a deep run. So if they're smart, they're putting all their eggs in that basket. We'll see though, because I know his grandson's driving the three car, which <laughs> I think it's funny that like I, I the, not a whole lot of people are happy about the Austin Dillon run because you have the old school fans like, oh, he's making a mockery of the three car. It used to be a proud Dale car, and then you know he has that terrible reality show. And then you got his great, like, Richard Childress is, like, so there's the nepotism thing, so. Um. And this is, uh, so all of his four wins now have been kind of sketchy. So yeah. the first, he won the 500. Well, he won the Coke 600 first, and that was a fuel mile race where I think, like, three or four guys ran out of gas, and he was able to putter it to right. the end. And he won that. The Daytona 500 he won by wrecking Eric Almarola. Then he went at Texas because he stayed out and no one could pass at Texas. Yeah. Um, and he just stayed Strategy out. Strategy rate, so yeah. he won that race. 
and then he wins this one, which kind of outlasted everyone <laughs> in a row. It was pretty much last man standing. So you know, all all of his wins kind of well, they're still wins, and you know, it's hard to get a win in the NASCAR Cup Series. They're all kind of like okay, yeah, he never he's never gone out and like right down, like. Tyler Reddick at Indy, he dominated that. You know, he was running up front all day. Even when he dropped back, he made the places up and yeah. got back to the front. Austin Dillon's never had a race like that. Now, I will say this. I, I don't think he's, like, not talented. Because he won a Truck Series championship, won an Xfinity Series championship. So there's some talent there. Like, I'm not going to say he's, like, some talentless hack. But I think he has a lot more leeway than he does because, you know, Pop Pop running the show over there. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, so that brings us to this. Since Dylan gets in, we ended up having 16 winners. If Kurt Busch does not leave, huh? Oh, yeah, 16 winners, yes. If Kurt does not leave, then we have the 16 winners, which no one really thought happened. So that, that's gonna, that brings up the point. Um, and I already know your opinion on this, but we'll, we'll rehash it. Do you like the current system as it's constructed? Now, I think, one, this is an outlier this year. I don't think we're gonna get 16 winners again. I thought it was wildly entertaining, the fact we had it. So I had no problem with it. I don't think it's going to be like this where you see two guys in the top 10 not make it again. Like Truex finished fourth in points, doesn't make it. I think that was the highest someone's finished in points besides um, Clint Boyer, who was 11th twice uh, in NASCAR history and missed the playoffs. But um, So I don't think we'll see that again. That was number one. Number two, I think the winning you're in system, every other sport, you're getting rewarded for wins. And every driver knew this coming into the year. So I don't have a ton of sympathy for Martin Truex. Junior, because he knew what the playoff system was heading into it. He knew points racing. You know, if you, you run the risk, if they get 16 winners, you're not getting it. He had plenty of opportunities to win a race, just couldn't do it. Actually, too, if you look in Nashville, had he have not accidentally pitted, he would have been ahead of Blaney in points. So not a ton of sympathy for Martin Truex. And three, I think it gives drivers like Brad. If we did purely points racing the old system, you have no reason to watch that race. Like, you know, because he's not... He's out of the playoffs. Every race now you have a chance. You're tuning it. Well, you know, if he wins, now all of a sudden we're in the playoffs. So I think it created a lot of entertainment. And yes, and I know two guys kind of back. Like, there's two guys that probably shouldn't have been there. But Chase Briscoe and Austin Dillon were the only drivers outside the top 16 to miss the playoffs. And every year, even in, like, you look at the NFL, you'll have those teams like the Cardinals that one year that were, like, or maybe it was the Panthers. They were, like, six. They, they had, like, seven wins, but they won the division. Or, like, you have a wild card team that gets in that's not that good. So uh, I liked it. I thought it created a lot more excitement. That race was a lot more interesting as the finale, especially being a wild card race because anyone could get in. It was up for grabs. So for entertainment purposes, I like the new system. Floor is yours. What do you think? No, I mean, this isn't, you know... You're comparing it to stick and ball sports, but it's not the same. I mean, you're facing your competition every week in and week out. Now, first of all, I think there's too many cars that make the playoffs. I mean, do we really think Chase Briscoe's going to compete for a championship? No. Do we think Austin Dillon's going to compete for a championship? No. no. I really like the old, the first Chase system where it does reward winning, where it's kind of the balance, where you're still racing points, where, you know, you're still rewarded. I mean, right now, you, you you could finish second in every race and you wouldn't have and you, there was a chance you wouldn't have made it. So I think there is I think it's too dependent on winning. There's too many teams that make it, um, and it's it's kind of like the NBA playoffs. We're like, yeah, you made the playoffs, but I mean, at what point like does it matter? Because you, you're not even that good. Like Austin Dillon is probably not 
you know, going to even make it out of the round of 16, let alone compete for a championship. So, whereas in the old chase, where even the guy who's finishing 10th, you know, he goes into that chase, and while he's still an underdog, he still has a very good chance. Um, and so I just, the winning end system, like you said, yeah, it does give a chance for smaller teams to make the playoffs. But why does it matter if they make the playoffs or not? Getting a race win for those small teams is big anyways. Uh, so, I mean, I just don't like the way this system has been constructed. We talk all these about getting stage points and stuff, but then we say that points don't even matter. So what's the point of these stages? But they do kind of matter because you saw, and especially you'll see during the playoffs because they're accumulating well, they all... They do matter in the playoffs when we're points racing, but when we're only racing for wins... And like at road courses, these guys are pitting three laps before the stage ends because they realize stage points don't matter. I mean, yeah, yes and no. I think they do matter because Blaney got in purely on points. So you still did have the points racing near the end there. And I think you'll still see that in the future because we're not going to I don't think we get 16 winners again next year. This year was purely an outlier. It was just a wild, entertaining year. And but what about for- the year Kevin Harvick won nine races and he doesn't even race for a chance we're talking about oh yeah you know it, it's a system that you know champions winners kevin harvick wins nine races and he doesn't even race for a championship there's so many there's so many flaws in this system and this isn't like stick and ball sports it's, you know and i understand having a chase system i and i'm for that chase system but this is not the system that works well, I would say as far as the nine wins goes, this way you have a regular season champion and a playoff champion. Playoffs are a whole different game. Even one in the playoffs. He won at Bristol. So you make it past the round. I mean, that's the same with like every sport. I know you can't. Like, I know. You can't, you can't so Regano in 2015 wins three races in the chase, and they all happen to be in the same round. And so then he doesn't make past the next round because Kenseth wrecks him on purpose. And so now he doesn't make it because he finishes with a DNF. That's like every sport, though. You can blow a team out one. But this is no. Team. It's not like every motorsport. Every motorsport goes no, by. No, I'm saying any systems. sport in general. But this isn't. This isn't stick and ball sports. This isn't like at the NFL is, where you, it's only two teams. If you want to have Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex line up side by side and they can race for the playoffs, they could be like a two lap shootout at. I don't know. They can try a two-lap shootout somewhere and see if they can make it. Whoever wins that makes the playoffs. I think if you have the old system, this last week would not be nearly as intriguing. There would not be as many reasons to watch. There was no regular season finale in recent memory that had that much drama heading into it. Where it's yeah, and it was rated, and it was one of the worst races of the year. Okay, well. it was just a wreck fest. It was just a wreck fest. There wasn't, it wasn't, if. I would actually you argue until the finish, it was not that bad of a race. Get in, that's one thing, but that's not good racing. That's well, not racing, that's wrecking. No, I, I agree with you. And I think Daytona, like, there's a time, like, I don't know if you heard A.J. Allmendinger's quote about Daytona, where he's like, I hate racing here, I feel lucky to be able to feel my limbs after I leave this place. So, no, like, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, super speedway racing, I think it's a little overrated, but... At the same time, you know, I think it made it made it made it a lot more intriguing. And before that last wreck, I thought it was a very entertaining race. Now the wreck kind of ruined it at the end, but that's what you get when you have all these guys with a sense of urgency moving forward. You know, going to the, going to playoffs. And like the guys that there's only two guys there that probably should have been in that like didn't get it. And so I mean, I think overall, like 
it's still the guys that were good during the regular season still gonna like still made it to the playoffs. This is two guys, Briscoe and Dylan, that shouldn't have been there. But like everything I don't know. about Danny Hamlin? Yeah, that's true, but he still had he still had two wins. Probably I mean three if Danny you Hamlin had let's look. He had seven top ten. No, he was low on points. That is that what is What about true. William Byron? Did he deserve to make the playoffs? Yeah. You want to rank? Yeah, he, he had two wins, five top tens, and an average finish of eighteen. Still had two wins. They're incentivizing. But wins. I mean, they that's not. He was after the first half of the year. He was uncompetitive the whole rest of the. He was uncompetitive the entire summer. And you know what? It's going to bite him in the ass in the playoffs. Well, he could he could still win the championship with an average finish of. 15th. Well, so could Austin Dillon hypothetically. They're not going to. Because even when you get those wins, you still got to... Why is Chase Elliott probably going to be in the final final fours? Because he accumulated a lot of playoff points the rest of the year. So points racing still did matter. So we say, well, you saw that with Logano too. There's a lot of times he knew there's races he couldn't win. So he's like, you know what? We'll just cash in and get the stage point. We'll get the uh, we'll get a stage one here. I just not racing... Or go into a chase system. And if, what if there's a battle in the points in the chase? What about in 2011 when it was Tony Stewart and Carl Edwards and they tied in the points at the end of the year, but it's because Tony Stewart won at the end of the race? That was exciting too. And that was organic drama. That wasn't, this is all manufactured. You know, we're all manufacturing this drama. It wasn't saying, manufactured. Oh, no one knew. To get in. His last playoff to get in, oh my gosh, for a guy who's just going to crash out in the round of 16. It's no manufacturing. You wouldn't be saying this like, to Brad Geyer, though. There's no organic championship battles anymore. They're all manufactured because we go into this last race where the top four cars don't even need, aren't even like, are don't uh, meet up. They all run away from the pack. It's all manufactured. And now we see an IndyCar where you have five different guys. That's rare, though. That is a complete... And you have have a championship battle for two more races. That's fun. That's exciting. That is fun, but when's the last time that's happened where it's been that good down the finish? It's been down the stretch. It's gone to the final race every year for the last few years, at least. It went down the last race last year. Went down to the last race two years ago. I don't know. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it made for good drive, and I think this year, like I said, you're probably not going to get 16 winners again. So the points will still matter, and we'll see how it plays out in the playoffs. I mean, maybe right. I think I have more of a problem with the final four, where it just goes down to one race. I have that. I have a problem. With. I guess like the 16 winners, like you said, it's an anomaly. But I like them. I like them doing like a 10, 10 races left, ten drivers. The wins you get, the you get like let's say five points for every win you have. That's your playoff points, right? And then you battle it out, and then it's a sprint to the finish, a chase to the finish. I thought that was a lot better than these new rounds, and then they reset, and then because if you wreck in the round of eight, you're kind of screwed. You have to win then. Right. So you can finish second, 36, and second, and you're out for the most part. 
So I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of it. Maybe you could keep in. No, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. I like the chase list better. I think an activity, or you could do this. You say, what if you just do the owner's championship as the points? As you just do a traditional points. Whoever has the most points at the end of the year wins the owner's. The driver's championship is this playoff one. But at least you have some reward for points racing. Yeah, that, would be that actually too. is not but a bad then, idea. And then if you win both of them, then you're, you know, three of the crop. That's it. Then you win the, I don't know. That still seems a little gimmicky. But at least it would reward something. I don't know. No, I see where I see where you're coming from, uh, for sure. It'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. Um, now, I want to talk about your driver for a sec. Brad Keselowski, tough year. I don't think anyone predicted that he would be as bad as he was this year, especially when he got outran by his teammate. And really, you know, you know, wow. it'd be a rough start early on, but there was really no improvement throughout the year. This is an interesting stat I saw today. Brett, and I know he had the 100 point penalty, which hurt, but if you take away the 100 point penalty, he would still finish 22nd in points. And that's still behind Christopher Busher. Uh, so well, it was only by a, it was only by a, like what thirty points behind Busher then without the harness. Yeah, but that's still. I mean, not the best look for Brad and the new team. Are I mean, you that's one race. Well, I mean, even if he, fin- if he finished well at Daytona, then he would have been better. Yeah, but there was really at least like because like both the RFK like at least he improved. I, I honestly don't think, and I think this is what you're trying to get me to say. I don't think they put any resources into that six car. Because do you really think that, like, what was the race? Richmond, where Brad is good at. Brad has dominated Richmond before. It's not like he's a slouch at Richmond. And he's running, like, 15th, and Busher's running second and third. I think Busher finished third that race, but he was running second going for the lead at one point. You know, I don't know why they they wouldn't put any resources. Like, that much better? I don't think so. I think they didn't put a lot of resource in that six car or maybe experimented with some things and it didn't work. That makes no sense to me though. Cause like between the two, especially as the boss of a company, like Brad's like, Oh, he's a hall of fame talent. He's probably got, he's going to make the hall of fame. He's one of the best drivers of like the past decade. Uh, and you know, he's really good. His final couple of years at Penske. He was always a contender. Just, I don't, I just he make probably, it was probably a pit stop away from winning a championship. Exactly. So it makes no sense to me why they wouldn't put any resources in the, that car and they put it all into the 17. I think it's going to be a longer rebuild for RFK than they think. That's, well, that's kind of where, where I'm Where did Ryan Newman finish in 20? Where did Ryan Newman finish in 2021? It was like 28th, I think, 26. So this is a team that's already been, and let's be honest, Ford has not been, Ford has no. not been great this year. I mean, Stuart Haas has struggled. Penske has, has, been decent probably not as good as they want to be though so ford itself hasn't been great this year roush has been on a slide for a while since they've lost even during the carl edwards years his later years with the team well and i don't think i've not been good yeah no that that's for i just think some improvement throughout the year was all i was looking for because like i don't think he would look if he came out and made the playoffs that would be like fantastic i don't think anyone was really expecting that and he's better than ryan newman he's a better driver than ryan newman so I thought it would be slightly better. And I ain't saying they're supposed to be contenders, but some improvement. Well, they did show the speed year. early in the year. They did show some speed early in the year before they got hit with the 100-point penalty. Then after that, they kind of didn't. Because he showed speed at Fontana, 
Um, Phoenix too, he showed some speed. Um, but he just, yeah, he, there wasn't a lot of improvement. He had a decent run going at Richmond, uh, where he was in the top five for a bit. And then they made some questionable pit decisions. I think Matt McCall sucks, to be honest with you. He's made bad decisions all year where they were great off restarts, great off restarts. And where newer tires were obviously getting past older tires. So what does he do? He leaves them out and everyone behind him has got new tires. So then he falls back. So personally, I think Matt McCall wasn't very good. Um, and they just, they just didn't have speed. I honestly don't think they put in any resources to, to it. Okay. But we'll see next year because they like revamped their entire competition department too. They were hiring guys, letting guys go all throughout the year. So it wasn't, it was kind of like they're rebuilding the team in the middle of the year, kind of like what 2311's doing, right. except 2311 is just hiring people. RFK is like finding out who's a bomb and firing them too. Right. So they're rebuilding that entire kind of shop and kind of trying to change. And it's a cultural change too, because Roush was kind of just like content with, yeah, you know, we used to be good. Now we're not so good, but you know, whatever. We're like the third Ford team. Right. Everyone was kind of fine with that. Um, it seemed like, and then Brad's trying to come in and change that whole culture. I, I think just because the 17, I give a lot of props to, like, I think that's what, if both drivers had the year that Bushler did, Christopher Busher, I think is severely underrated. No, He's I, starting to get some attention now. He's an Xfinity series champion in Roush equipment. So he was beating guys and, from like JRM, yeah. like very talented cars where he probably wasn't in the best car. He was still winning the Xfinity Series championship. He um, and he has had good runs in the past. He's he's always been in JTG Doherty equipment, FRM equipment, and now RFK equipment. So he's never had like a great right. opportunity. No, I listen. I agree. He's underrated. I think he's more talented than people give him credit for. But like he was like near the end of the year, like he was a real threat. I, I thought he could have won Daytona. I thought he was a threat at Watkins Glen. He looked really good at a lot of the road courses this year, and they they progressively got speeds. So I just kind of wish. We saw that out of Brad this year as well. But, you know, like you said, if you're experimenting, I guess, being an owner, get a little bit more on your plate. Um, playoffs. Starting this week, uh, let's go. Who are your four drivers that you have getting knocked out in the round of 16? I think a lot of the guys, you know, it's pretty – a lot of these guys, though, it's pretty close in playoff points. I mean, you got your Chase Elliott's that are, you know, pretty safe cushion. But uh, there's a lot of guys I really that are – like the top three. Yeah. When I was looking at it earlier, are really – and even then, if you get a DNF, you're you're not. I mean, you lose that entire advantage. But everyone else is within like 10, 12 points. I mean, that's one stage pretty much, and you made it up. Right. So here's who I got getting knocked out uh, first round. Uh, I got uh, Austin Dillon, I think, probably going to be the first one out. Uh, and then um, I got Briscoe. I got Bowman. And... Uh, Briscoe, Bowen, oh, Austin Sindrick is my other one that I have getting knocked out. Those are my four. The exact same, actually. Yeah. I think it's, we'll, we'll see. I think it's pretty. Bowman's been on a slide. He hasn't. He's he been been, been, bad. been irrelevant all summer. Yeah. Um, Dylan, he really only showed speed at one race. 
I mean, he's had some decent runs. Call, call it six hundred. He was good and then wrecked. But like other than that, yeah, he's no, no. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't showed consistent speed all, really all year. Risco's Not like been going the trending downward too since like, um, the back half of the season. Bowman, he might. I mean, his equipment might take him to the round of twelve, honestly. Yeah, and that's you know just Hendrick equipment taking him. Hendrick, yeah, I don't think he's experienced enough. Um, Darlington's a tough track. Too. Um, so these guys are gonna. That's a talent-based track. Right. Cindric's a rookie. Might slap the wall a few times. I don't. I don't see Cindric making it out. Briscoe really hasn't been good. At, I don't think SHR has been good. I think Briscoe's been on a slide too. So yeah, I have the same guys that you do. Um, who I could see though too is William Byron. William Byron, I could see. Yeah, he's had a weird. Out year it's just been very inconsistent uh and i think there's been some tracks they have speed and you know just right but like yeah i he's been very inconsistent i agree with you i could see him uh the track house cars denny hamlin too denny i think they're gonna ramp it up i think that team's lying i think i think he will make it through but it wouldn't surprise me if you hamlin would not be i would not be surprised he made it to the round of four i think they're lying in the weeds i I think that's a good team maybe not but like i think that I don't see them getting knocked out first round. They're at least making it to the round of eight. I think they're going to pick up speed at the right time. Because, uh, like, in the last couple of weeks, they've had, like, they really should have had a couple more wins than they did. They had a really bad pit stop. They had a tape thing. So, I mean, I think that team. They got DQ'd. Right. But, and he's been through it before. So, uh, I, I I think Hamlin's going to be all right. Say that again? Experience and equipment will take him yeah, I but, agree. He hasn't done a lot of speed, especially early in the year. He hasn't done a lot of speed. And he kind of, if he's not able to win without consistency, uh, that's It'll be interesting to see for sure. Uh, I'm excited for him, though. I think we're going to have three good races. Um, in the first round, I, I like I, I like the tracks they got uh, too. I think Kansas was Crown Jewel coming up. Which one? Southern Five Hundred. That's right. That's right. And Kansas was Kansas was surprisingly good race early in the year. So I'm hoping the playoffs will be good too. Um, and then we get Bristol Night Race. Yeah. So that. That's gonna be. Yeah. Those those should all be good. All right. Finally, wrapping up the podcast with our final segment. That's a wrap. So last week, we each picked a paint scheme. That was our favorite. We had the people vote. You can vote on uh, at Dormant Disputes Twitter, or you can follow us at Penske Pod. We got all of our Penske material stuff up, so the poll will be there. Last week, uh, Patrick had the number 10, Go Bowling Ford. Uh, I had the number 91, uh, Chevy. It was a close one. It was very close, but uh, 53% to 47% went to the 91 car. Uh, so, F1 elitist, Euro snobs. I guess so. It was a hell of a battle, though. Uh, so, I think your sound's counting. Oh, there we go. You have to say that again. You got to talk into your mic there. I think your sound's cutting out. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Well, that go bowling forward was looking tough. It was just the Euro snobs who skewed the vote. Maybe, maybe. Well, probably, it's probably because it's on TV more too that helped. All right. So this week, um, I'm going with 
This one was tough because it got banged up pretty early. So, like, you couldn't really enjoy the beauty of it. But I thought this was an underrated one this week. I'm going with the uh, number 12 Ford of uh, Blaney. I thought that Advanced Auto Parts uh, Ford was pretty sharp looking. You got the checker flag on it. You got the black and yellow. It was a slick-looking vehicle. It is a shame it got so dinged up early in the race. And, by the way, Blaney is really lucky because you take it. One NASCAR extended, I know this is what we were talking about earlier, but they extended the uh, the three-hour rain delay for him. Otherwise, he wouldn't get in. Well, not for him, but, like, you know, they waited it out, NASCAR let him race. And then if Bush doesn't get hurt, then he'd be out. So uh, he should be counting his lucky stars. But, yeah, I thought his car, I thought that was one of the sharpest-looking cars in the track. All that was one of my finalists, too. Because, um, yeah, that scheme has been great all year. I'm going to go with the number 18 Toyota Interstate Batteries. That was mine of my finalists, that does look good. It's like lightning and that lime green kind of. I think it looks really sharp. That was, I think when they like move the numbers forward, this was like the schemes that they envisioned that yeah. they would have. Like these cool ones. I think this is yeah, I thought it was a sharp it's been a sharp scheme all year. Um I thought I think it's really cool. There wasn't really like a lot of cool one off schemes um this weekend that yeah. I saw. Um so Ultra and reliable, I guess, for both of us. Although Blaney's only run the auto advanced parts a few races. But yeah, they're usually in the, the Menards yeah. all the time. That one is a that one's a classic though. And that was my second choice. It came down to between those two. So yeah, no, we're on the same page there. So we'll see. I think it's gonna be a tight battle. But thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you're following us, like I said, at Penske Pod on Twitter. You can get all the latest jobs. You can follow us on Spotify. You search Dorm Room Dispute, you'll get all the episodes there too. And we got a YouTube channel now. We got two clips from last week. You can watch a full episode on there. So don't dispute on Twitter. Pat, thank you so much. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week.